Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and today I have with me the smooth operator, Ryan Walsh. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm so good. It is a delight to have you on this show. You guys, Ryan is so popular. I had to, you know, send out four calling birds and pigeons and everything. <laughs> And, you know, hit men to try to get him on the show today. So, Ryan, thank you for coming out. Yeah, the, the, the hit men are finally what convinced me it's probably a good idea. <laughs> they, yeah. showed, they showed up at the office. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, Ryan. But no, thank, thanks for having me. What, a, what, a, what an honor to be on your show. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. So, Ryan and I met at a catapult education event and hit it off because he. Well, one, you're a, a great person and you're so approachable. I can see why you are popular with your patients and you lecture on the circuit and you're highly talented. So, and, and then of course we have mutual friends, Chad Duplantis, Jennifer Bell, the Dinks, and oh, for sure. Ryan yes. is known as the Donk. <laughs> so they, they're the dentist in the know. And Ryan says that he is the Donk, which is stands for what? Dentist out of the know. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think that's true. Somebody has to fulfill the role and I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ryan, I, ha- I admired you and have since the moment we met and just the way that you have the ability to connect with people and about how genuine you are. And, of course, when we share all the same people and it's all the same friends <laughs> that, in the same circles, you know, you hear some fun stories that you have and experiences. So... Um, I got you on today because I wanted to know, Ryan, why dentistry for you? Tell me about why you chose dentistry or why it chose you. I think dentistry chose me. Uh, uh, the first question a lot of dentists get asked are, are you know, is, is your dad or was your uncle or was your grandpa or mom involved in dentistry? And, and the answer for me was no. Um, I'm the first generation dentist or, or really medical person on, on this side of my family. But I had always been interested in dentistry. Uh, I still remember going to my very first cleaning. I remember, I remember where I was, what the environment was like, my dentist, and <clears throat> the, the dentist who did my first exam, his son took over his practice. And so I followed his son all through you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. I graduated high school out of that same dental office. And so uh, it was kind of like a, a family. And so I always loved going. 
And then my, my interest really started peaking in dentistry of, hey, I could do this as a career when I got braces. I think that happens for a lot of people, but you know, you're going every month. Back then, it was every month. I don't know what it's like these days. Still, yeah. Like in weeks or something, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, that just started really piquing my interest. And I thought it was really neat, the, the intricacy of what they were doing, but yet they're serving patients. And I just thought that relationship was really neat. Uh, Dr. Tim Kuntz is still practicing in Sioux City, Iowa. And uh, I just really valued my relationship with him. And from there, things really took off. And I went to college knowing I wanted to be be a dentist and, you know, fast forward, here I am. So I think it kind of chose me. When you were back at your first hygiene visit that you remembered, what was the one thing that you remember that stood out to you the most? It was interesting because the dental office was in the basement of what used to be a library. Cool. Uh, and so it's kind of a, an old building that was renovated back to become a dental office. And <clears throat> I remember being in the chair and it was, they, the dividers were kind of half wall dividers. They weren't full and it wasn't a pedo office. It was a general practice office. And so I remember that environment, but then I remember the the cleaning and the suctioning and the the rinsing with water. And I just thought it was all pretty neat. You know, I mean, if you're, see, that time I was probably four or five mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just oh, something completely new to a, a preschool age kid. And, and I just thought it was, was awesome. I, I really got along with my hygienist. I can't tell you her name, uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought the whole experience was pretty entertaining. Yeah. So you were fascinated by it at a young age. Yeah, I was I was captivated right out of the right out of the gate. So dentistry though to then endo, why endo for you? Uh, <laughs> this is a this is kind of a funny story. Uh, so my mom went to get a root canal uh, when I was in. See, I'd have been in college. So mom went to get a root canal from the local endodontist, and back in Sioux City, Iowa, there are two endodontists, and that's it for the for the whole whole city. I mean, it's not a very big city, but there's two endodontists, and she was referred to Dr. Randy Breeden. And I don't know how this happened because she had the rubber dam in, but my mom's a talker. So she was talking with the rubber dam in and everything, I assume, because at the end of the appointment, she told Dr. Braden that was one of the coolest things she'd ever seen was the rubber dam. And she already knew that he was a former dental school instructor at UMKC. And so she's like, hey, my son's going to be a dentist or he's going to school for it. Can he come observe you? And so that one thing led to another and I came and observed him. And we hit it off right away. And uh, he really kind of took me under his wing. I ended up becoming his chairside assistant that next summer because one of his assistants went on maternity leave. And so I was his chairside assistant all summer for three months <clears throat> on all my breaks from, from uh, college at that time. And the following summer, his other assistant went on maternity leave. So, I mean, it, it was, I think it's serendipity that this is just a career path that, that truly found me and uh, I didn't know what endodontics was, but by the time I was done with his, uh, done working at his office and entering dental school, I knew that my career was in endo. So then it was just a matter of achieving the goal. Right. So you went from not knowing this, from an experience with your mother. I, I was thinking you were going to tell me really some really wild story about how the dam fell off or something. Oh. You started it off. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're like, my mom, she's a talker. And I thought, oh, no, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> oh, goodness. So you went, what, what was it in you that said, okay, I think I can, I can be an assistant to an endodontist? Because that's not a natural course of decision. Yeah, no. Um, and I don't, 
I mean, I don't think his natural first natural inclination was to ask me to be his assistant. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's one of those where um, he needed somebody to help. And was like, I think I can mold this person into doing it at least for a summer. And we just, we hit it off both in the practice and out of the practice. And <clears throat> he didn't have any children of his own. <clears throat> and so he and I became really close. Um, we were, we were golfing buddies. We would, you know, go out to have coffee. And even when I would come back from school after being in dental school, we would still meet up with his family and, um, you know, Dr. Randy and Mary Breeden, I believe they're in the the Kansas city area now because of their grandkids. But, um, it's one of those things that you don't meet a whole lot of people in your life that completely change the trajectory. You know, you're kind of heading down a path and you meet somebody and it totally goes a different way. And I mean, I wanted to be an orthodontist prior to that, because that's really the most exposure I had in dentistry. But after meeting him and he was just so thoughtful and caring and really took time to explain things to me. Uh, and we'd get out the old textbooks and flip through and look at stuff. And so that really spurred an interest and in, in completely changed the trajectory of my dental, dental education from, from that moment forward. Wow. So do you think, is it fair to say that he also saw that in you too? that you could do that? Sure. I, I think that might be, be very generous. I think he needed, I, he needed a warm butt in the chair and he found somebody who would work for cheap is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but at least for the first summer, the second summer, I think I proved myself. Yeah. I was gonna say, cause he pulled out the books and everything, Ryan. I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't just do that for every assistant. Now that that's true. That's true. So yeah, I think he had our, our bond matured over time and uh, to where I, I think he kind of sensed I was, really taking to endo. And that was kind of my, my curiosity. Yeah. Because I, it's so fat. It's fascinating to me how one person can start here and then just think that they're going here and then life goes chung and totally different direction. So then you got into endo is endo everything you thought it would be. And more. Yeah. I, I have never regretted my decision a day in my life. Um, yeah. It, endo is just super fun. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really nerdy thing to say, but I'm I'm a tooth nerd, and the the intellectual curiosity, the people that you meet, like yourself, um, <clears throat> you know, just there's so many other things you can do just besides besides sitting behind a patient doing root canals, which I love. But there's the teaching aspect, there's the research aspect, there's the you know general camaraderie of being with other dentists and you know uh, dental professionals bouncing ideas off of each other, and I mean doing cool things like this, talking about leadership within a, a podcast. And it's like, who I would never have thought in a million years I'd be doing this 10 years ago. So yeah, I think it's opened a lot of really cool doors and exposed me to a lot of cool opportunities and amazing people. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. And also to your point as well, getting, getting to know people inside the industry there, I think that is just the, the solid gold of it all. I mean, that, that is just the, that for me was the unexpected reward at, in dentistry where all the great people I never knew existed and the camaraderie, because we're, not, it's, we're all like-minded in, in that we care for our patients. However, we don't all think alike. We like, because I know you're friends with Chad Duplantis. Chad Duplantis doesn't always Agree with you, does he? Uh, no, not, not always. <laughs> I mean, it's really that he does, actually. <laughs> no, but I think that's that's what keeps everybody moving forward is the fact that we aren't all clones or copies of each other. Is that you know you have an idea and I have an idea, and 
neither one may be right, but hey, tell me what you think about this or what do you know about this? How does education work this way? Or uh, you were just talking about research of emotional intelligence. Super cool. That is so far outside my area of understanding and expertise, but I would love to know more just because I mean, that applies so broadly. And then I'm over here, I'm actually helping one of the Indo residents at uh, Texas A&M right now revise a paper on bioceramic obturation techniques. And so just, oh, I know, just top-notch exhilaration. <laughs> well, I, I'm a nerd too, so you, you must know this. About yeah, me. I mean, I think we have a lot in common. Yeah, <laughs> too. yeah it's, there's so many ways that you want to take it. And I, I would venture to say that it, it has to do with how you follow that curiosity that you have. And, and then you think about the different companies and products that come in front of you that you're able to test and see if you like it or not test, but you know what I mean, like test it out for and see how it feels when you're doing things with it and to see if you like one better than, than the other to, and then you get to take that and not only apply it to your, to your patients and improve them, but then you also get to take it on and, and talk about it in different settings and with students and it's the ripple effect that you're creating. It, it is. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head was that you take an opportunity and then kind of use that to springboard into other opportunities. And not because you're trying to develop something, just because, well, this led to another question, which then I asked this person and they introduced me to this other person. And now all of a sudden I'm talking with uh, you know, the, the lead engineer of a company and it's like, well, tell me about this. How does this work? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm the end user. So tell me about why it works or what's the logic behind this. And I, I find that just incredibly uh, fulfilling just to kind of pick a hole, pick holes in, in what we know to try to figure out what we don't know. And I, I know you share this exact same uh, passion for, to drive research. But when I, was, when I was in college, I didn't want to do research at all. Research just had a very laboratory-like connotation. And I was just not my, not my gig. I want to talk with people, interact with people. And um, I knew I wanted to be a dentist, so I didn't want to be stuck doing cellular biology. And here I am, fast forward 10, 15 years. And it's like, okay, well, we need some cellular stuff on this. Or, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I can do the clinical stuff, but now we need to help bridge the gap. And it's just amazing you're talking about all these products that come out that you know, how do you know what's good? You know, if, if we, if there's nobody out there to prove that it does what they're claiming it does, or to say to somebody, Hey, I really think this is the, the next best thing. We're, we're doing some amazing things here, or, Hey, how can we redirect our patient's emotional intelligence to say, or to, to better cater to a certain population of patient? I mean, without anybody asking those questions, we're never going to have answers. Yeah. And it's curiosity uh, in action. I think because you're 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 caring for patients. Sometimes I'm sure, just like with periodontal therapy and the different things that hygienists do and dentists do, that during different treatment situations, you may think, "Man, I, I should have probably gotten a different result than what I just got." I mean, I know I know that you're perfect at what you do, but I'm just saying it's the human it's the human element of every single tooth is not exactly the same, oh, yeah, right. and the condition isn't the same. Sure. And every patient that it's connected to isn't the same. <clears throat> you know, if that were the case, uh, I'd either be really good or really bad at my job, but it'd be really boring regardless of which one you picked. If everybody were the same, uh, 
you know, same with you. It's like, if, you know, if, if, if we were treating those patients and everybody was just a clone, life would be pretty boring. It's, it's the fun interactions you get to have with people. And, uh, you had mentioned earlier in our pre-show conversation about, you know, the degrees of Kevin Bacon, uh, life is so interconnected. And especially being in the dental realm, we are only one or two degrees of separation away from most things, I think. And it's like, if you talk to somebody long enough, we're going to be inextricably related somehow. Absolutely. And I think, what would you say is probably some, is, is probably like one of the best decisions you made in your career? Do you have like one or two things that are like your best decisions that you made? Dr. Breeden, my, one of my mentors, <clears throat> really never pushed me to do endo. I, I think he thought it was really cool that I was interested, but never pushed. And then I got to dental school and Rick Walton, he is one of the, I call him one of the OGs of endodontics because he was an endodontist. He was the first endodontist in Washington and Oregon State. So, I mean, that goes back a long ways. Wow. And um, <clears throat> he was the one that kind of pushed me into applying where I applied and, and I did my residency over at Texas A&M. And it was hard. I mean, it was really hard and rigorous. Uh, it's not just a nine to five job. It's a nine to five and then go home and study for four hours just to come back the next day and do it again for two and a half years after dental school. So I think one of the, <clears throat> the best decisions I made was to leave my home state of Iowa, which I am still a Hawkeye, do not get me wrong, but to leave my state of Iowa, kind of get outside my comfort zone and do something that was incredibly challenging and pressing because then you build relationships with people around you. And one of my best friends to this day was an ortho resident while I was an endo resident. And so just going through these hard times together builds this incredible bond and relationship. And you know, without doing something that was really hard and challenging outside my comfort zone, I'd, I'd never be an endodontist, certainly not an endodontist where I am today. I love that so much outside of your comfort zone, because it stepped you into something that you had no idea what you're going into, much less did you know that one of your BFFs is going to be an ortho resident? For sure. <laughs> yeah, and I'd grown up my, my entire life in Iowa, you know, college and dental school at the University of Iowa. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to step outside and um, not because I, I don't think Iowa has an amazing institution, quite the opposite. but it's one of those things for personal growth. Sometimes you have to step outside that, that comfort zone or your, your little bubble of security to really maximize the benefit. Yeah. And then so now, fast forward to where you are, you lecture, you research, you have an office that I'm sure you're the best where you are. I mean, you can't say that, but maybe I can because I've seen- I would, I've I would seen love, to, love to think so. But I, I think uh, somebody asked me, one of my patients asked me uh, about a month ago, well, so who's the best? Because I have two partners that, I'm work, that I work with, uh, Dr. Saeed Attar and Casey Turner. And he's like, well, who's the best one? And I think he was waiting for me to say myself. And I said, well, I, I think you got the short end of the stick because the best guy practicing here is right across the hall, right over there. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I think, I think my, my partners are, are outstanding clinicians. No, it's, it's fun. I know that the team that you must have, Ryan, must be amazing as well alongside of you and the other clinicians in your practice. What do you do to to motivate them, to keep them engaged in what you're doing every day. Because I mean, endo could be a snooze fest as an assistant. I can only imagine. I mean, no, no disrespect, but I'm thinking that you can take a, a nap. <laughs> so how do you keep them motivated and engaged other than your humor? 
that's that's a wonderful question, and uh, I, I think <clears throat> over the over the past ten years that I've been in practice, we've gone through some turnover, but not a lot in general. I think we have a pretty homogeneously stable staff, but part of it's surrounding yourself with people who are somewhat like you in the sense they want to learn. They're they're in it for more than just a job. They're here because they like to help patients. They like to talk with people. But also they're curious about what we're doing on a healthcare and scientific level. You know, so when there's a new product to try or when there's um a new research project we're working on, they want to know. And to me that that tells me that they have intellectual curiosity as well. And so I think feeding that intellectual curiosity and allowing them to be part of the healthcare team. I mean, without them, my job's pretty insignificant because the patient will never make it in the door to the chair and get the work up, right? So it's really truly is a team approach. And I think uh, elevating them and allowing them to be part of the healthcare team, I think really instills uh, a sense of purpose and and want to do better on every single case. And so I think that's something that that we try really hard at, at our office is to make sure that it's, it's a patient experience from front to back, but make sure that people are you know, involved and they're, they're in the know and understanding what we're doing far beyond just, you know, saving a tooth. Yeah. That, because it's not about saving the tooth. It's what it, it's the, it's the outcome that you're giving the patient for their lifespan, the, for the rest of their life. Um, Ryan, I just had a tooth extracted from failed endo that I had 23 years ago for an amesial root. And it was a whole different experience from the patient side of it. I'm going, wow. Okay. Because there was, there was a lot of hope I invested in that tooth over the years, but from a cellular standpoint, I'm going, okay, what could have been done differently? I wonder if they know things differently now than they did 20 years ago. And of course you do, right? I mean, I, I think that there were endodontists back then who had microscopes and endodontists that didn't. Fortunately or un, there are still some who, who don't. And, you know, it's, yeah, there's just a lot that's changed in the last 20 years. But one thing that hasn't changed is the patient's want and desire to keep their teeth and then our obligation to help them do that. Yeah. And in a practice that keeps on growing that you can, because I, I'll hear, I, I speak to so many people like you do, Ryan, and they'll say, okay, I have new team members or I'm trying to encourage the culture in our team and trying to elevate the team. But I don't know if I want to spend the money to go take them on uh, on education or a trip or things. And it's like, what's the cost of not doing it? And getting them involved and excited about what you're doing every day to get give them that staying power to invest in their learning so they can understand that what they're doing every day provides such a deep level of value because Ren, you I mean, I know that you've gone to hundreds of hours of CE every year and you probably give them too. And so to know that your person that they can believe in as that person who's on top of the research, guiding, leading, editing research here now and in the future for the profession, that's got to be fantastic for your team to be a part of. I think they're really invested in it. If you invest in your team, they're going to reinvest with their, with their passion. And, uh, and I, I really think we get that out of our, uh, of our office team. And you know, they really like being part of a study. Like, oh, hey, I need this patient back. We're going to take a CT to evaluate resorption. They're like, oh, okay, great. And so, you know, they're just, 
all in on it. And then they want to sit back there and compare the two. And so I think uh, when you've invested in your team like that, and they're showing you that they're invested, I mean, that's really rewarding as the, I guess, as the employer, but more importantly, it's, it's really rewarding as an educator, because I would put my uh, clinical team up against most third and fourth year dental students. And I bet they're pretty darn on par with the clinical uh, aspect of diagnosing and uh, treating and, and things like that. I think, you know, other than the actual physical hand skills on the patient, I, I really feel that they're, they've committed to learning and uh, we've committed to them. That's, that's, it's important. That is crucial. And I think it's you investing in yourself and then also creating that culture of it's the we. It's not, it's not you, not me. It's, it's the we. And so we can serve our community and, and give them more than what they ever expected because they are there to save their teeth to a lot of them are getting an understanding now the oral systemic connection, but you're there truly to, to um, sort of make their dreams come true because no one I think really wishes to lose a tooth, but they've made that investment to come to you and say, okay, doc, putting it in your hands. And it's, it's fun to be able to deliver, you know, and not every tooth's going to, going to be a lifelong tooth, but <clears throat> when we can take a situation where they weren't even sure if it could be saved and they're going to have to go down other routes to, for replacement and then to be able to deliver a, a, a desirable result, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Even though what I'm not doing is not the aesthetic million dollar Hollywood smile, like my, our friend Chad Duplantis is and all his fun, glamorous things, but uh, it, it's just a little different sense of reward that, hey, they're keeping a functional tooth or we're helping them maintain it. And uh, again, you said it's like you said, it's it's the we. We're doing this as a collective and that's uh, it, it's a pretty rewarding place to be. Absolutely. And then too, the the level of connection that your team must have as well to there's that trust transfer that happens with you all, because obviously they've been referred by a doctor who knows, likes, and trusts your work. I mean, even if the guy across the hallway, your partner is better than you, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, they're trusting you to save their tooth. And it's that the power of trust is, mm. is, cannot be, um, overstated enough, especially as, as a specialist. I mean, if you think about endo, <clears throat> we really only see a patient you know, once, maybe there's a few patients where you see multiple times, uh, but by and large, it's one or once or twice, and you really don't see that patient much else. And so, you know, you have a few minutes to make a really lasting impact. And uh, again, it's that, that team effort of you know, making a great patient experience from the front to the middle, to the back. And, you know, all of us are supporting each other. And yeah, it, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're saving the world one tooth at a time. It's great. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Brian, I have so enjoyed our time today. I knew that I would. And because you're, I mean, how can you not like Ryan? I mean, he's, you're, you're doing a lot of great things for the world, for the profession. You are reaching out to dental students to help them develop their research. And you're, you're paying it forward in ways of cellular biology and all, all the things that you never thought you'd do. Yeah. I, I, I feel bad if I'm teaching them cellular biology, but uh, yeah. It's <laughs> what did you say? It was, was it cellular what? But, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's fun and rewarding and, and, and it's fun to chat with people who, who share similar interests, just like you, Kelly, and, uh, for you to be, you know, putting on podcasts and, you know, you know, going out in on, on your education platform. I think it's just, 
it's wonderful. And it's, it's such an honor to be a part of, uh, uh, of your group. And thanks so much for having me on. And I, I really look forward to collaborating together. Yeah, likewise. And for everyone, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Walsh, the smooth operator, his information, his contact information is in the show notes. Ryan, thank you so much again for being on with us today. Absolutely, Kelly. Thanks so much. And thanks everyone for, for tuning in. Yes. And to my subscribers, my fellow colleagues, my loves, if you wouldn't mind going over to Apple and you know to give me a five-star rating because Apple's what matters and go on over to YouTube, like it, subscribe. So other people who know who are tooth nerds can find our show and then share it. Yeah. All right. Do the good things. Thanks for all your work and be well, my friends. Take care.